Good day, everyone, and welcome to Indie Mixtape. My name is Ty, and joining me today is not my usual lovely co-host, Monty, but instead, a dear, dear friend of the site, one Jessica Howard. Hello, Jess. How are you? Hello. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. It is very, very surreal to be back on uh, an Uppercut podcast any anything pertaining to to uppercut <laughs> is surreal and exciting so i'm happy <laughs> i am very happy to have you back um so this episode of any mixtape is going to be a little funky because uh jess and i are going to talk about our games list first and then at the end we're gonna uh talk about paranormal site which is not an indie game yeah we are which is not technically an indie game because it's you know from square enix but Justin and I both really like it, and it's my show, so do what we want. <laughs> yeah, the game also fucking mm-hmm. slops, so if you haven't played it yet, um, we'll talk about it and avoid spoilers, because it's like a very easily spoiled mm-hmm. game, um, but then you can get excited, and you can play it, because it's awesome, and more people should. Hell yeah. All right, so without further ado, Jess, since you were the guest, would you like to tell me about your first game? Yeah, the first one that I'm going to start with is I played the Slay the Princess demo. Have you played that yet? I have not. Um, I am a big uh, Scarlet Hollow stan, but I have not gotten around to Slay the Princess yet. You gotta, because it seems like it's going to be really, really fucking cool. And like when I, when I was playing it, I was literally thinking, like, this seems like like Ty would like this. <laughs> But yeah, the gist of it is uh, it's narrative driven. It is it is kind of like a, a visual novel. Yeah, I would say it's, it's kind of like a visual novel. Um, and you are told by a narrator that you have to kill the princess and that she will try to do everything in her power to convince you not to. Um, and you walk to this house and you walk into the basement and the princess is there chained up. Sure enough, there is like something wrong with her. Can't really put a finger on it, but there's there's something going on. Um, and so you can kind of choose how to proceed with that. Um, and then after you do whatever it is that you do, you are put back in the same place. The narrator starts again as if you've never heard the instructions before. And everything just kind of continues to happen in a loop. And so they only have it to where you can do like the first two loops of it. Um, right now, like that's all that's in the demo. But I can definitely see how it's going to be like this weird psychological thriller sort of thing. And I'm very excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, Black Tabby are like big horror. Like, have you played any of Scarlet Hollow? No, I haven't. So Scarlet Hollow is their like first game that they've been putting out and they have been putting it out like chapter or I guess episode by episode. And there's four out right now, Mm. but it's very like Southern Gothic horror. Um, and like spooky Ooh. creatures and it's very very good and cool yeah i this one is very very interesting um definitely seems my shit uh it kind of reminded me of like doki doki literature club but different because <laughs> it's it's definitely a lot more upfront with like I, okay so i feel like doki doki literature club is 
great if you get what they're trying to do and it's not you know what I mean it's one of those things where like like what they're actually doing is very interesting but then you have a lot of fans who like don't really see it for what it is and just kind of like run away with the edgy side of it it kind of reminds me of that though where it's it's like that kind of psychological horror where like not everything is what it seems and also they are talking directly to you as a player at times there's kind of like this this meta narrative going on so it's really interesting the art's really cool too um it has it's a very like frenetic black and white kind of spooky style um but yeah i'm i'm really into it it looks like it's gonna be cool yeah i need to check that one out it looks very up my alley um but that's all i gotta say on that one ty what have you been playing lately um so i have been playing a game called wild frost uh, which is from Deadpan Games and Gazetteer, and it's published by uh, Chucklefish, which is the publisher of like uh, Stardew. And um, surprise, surprise, it's a roguelike deck builder. Who'd have thought? <laughs> uh, but it's really cool. It has like very like I don't know how to describe the art because I want it. My first thought is to say Adventure Time, which isn't correct. But it has, like, that kind of cool character design that's, like, based on fantasy stuff, but, Mm -hmm. like, has its own spin on it, like, based on the world. Um, It doesn't look like Adventure Mm -hmm. Time characters, but it has, like, kind of that energy, I guess. Um, And it's basically, like, you live in a little, like, town, and there's this big, huge blizzard that has, like covered the land for centuries or whatever and like people from your village go out and try to like see if they can figure out how to make it stop and so you get like a randomly generated little person and then you get to choose like what kind of or you get to choose from like three randomly generated little people from each of the like factions that you can unlock as you unlock them and then um based on your faction you kind of have different skills like there's people who like use masks and magic to like basically capture spirits and have them fight for you or like you have like little tinker people that like use junk and different like explosive kind of build up abilities to like kill and basically as you go through like each battle you're you know getting little upgrades or like picking somebody to be in your party which is your deck essentially and yeah it's just it may make brain go burr yeah i'm looking at it right now it looks really cool like i see i see what you mean by the adventure time style like it's it's not the adventure time art style but it has that kind of cartoony quirky feeling yeah, to it yeah it's like very like it's very saturated yeah. colors and like yeah. Like very much setting up like a kind of whimsical vibe. Yeah, it's really cool. It's also for anybody listening who's like, oh, that sounds like my shit, 10% off right now. Nice. It also works very well on Steam Deck. Mm. That's always a plus. So yeah, that's that's me. The next one that I've been playing, keeping in line well, I guess not not so much with Wild Frost, but uh with Slay the Princess, like another spooky game. Um I've been playing a lot of Darkest Dungeon 2. Um I really, really loved the first one, and I think that the second one it's weird because at first I was like, I I don't know how I feel about this. It is super, super different. Um, but the more I got into it, the more I was loving it. Um, and overall I'm, I'm having a really, really great time with it. I think that 
the the way that they kind of took the game from 2D art to 3D art is really seamless and great and it still retains cause, and I know a lot of people are really skeptical about that um, and how that would look once they you know changed to 3D art but it really looks great they did a fantastic job with it um, you know I, I think that in some ways the, the strategies have it's, I think it's easier but at the same time there are certain things that matter a bit more in this one like um, I think statuses like status ailments and stuff like that um, are something that you have to consider a bit more which is really interesting and fun the, the switch up from having, cause in the first game you have kind of like a, a hub, right? Like you have this town that is your base of operations before you, you know, gather up your party. And, and it's basically, it's, it's kind of like a, a dungeon crawler sort of, not really. I don't know. How, how would you describe it? Ty, do you know darkest dungeon? You played the first yeah, one, right? The first one it's like, isn't it like, it's been a while, but you like have your little town or whatever. And then you have to like go into mm-hmm. the titular dungeon to like, get shit right Mm -hmm. and then like you like get little people and then they start going crazy yeah yeah you load up your crew um you you go and you kind of dungeoneer and whenever you you go into the dungeons you might have like you have you have a stress level basically right and depending upon how stressed your party members get like they can develop certain like good traits or bad traits um like one of them might be you know your your person turns into a kleptomaniac because stealing is like their way to process the stress of you know I don't know there's like little things like that um, and like I said it can go either way it can be a good thing it can be a bad thing it just kind of adds um, a different element to to having to manage stress in your party and I think that the traits in Darkest Dungeon two like those quirks that you pick up and stuff don't matter quite as much the the new thing that's really interesting is they have like relationships that can form um so depending upon the choices that certain characters make or just like the dynamics between certain certain people uh certain like classes and stuff like that too they'll either form like I don't know, there's like hateful, there's jealous, there's amorous, there's, uh, you know, friendship, there's respect. And there's these different dynamics that these characters can kind of have. And depending upon how they feel about one another, that'll dictate, you know, like, the like I, I don't know, like whether they do something helpful towards one another in battle or whether they stab them in the back in the middle of a battle. And so it's, I can see how it could be frustrating because it adds definitely a random element to the game. Um, but that kind of is what darkest dungeon is there is a lot of randomness to it the the whole game opens up with saying like hey you are going to die probably a lot that is the nature of this game um the second one introduced a lot more like roguelite uh elements to it so or i guess roguelike elements to it um so you do have this overall sense of progression that wasn't there as much in the first game. And I think it's an improvement. I like to feel that I'm continuously getting better and it's not just kind of, you know, throwing, throwing stuff and seeing what sticks. And it's not so much just learning the game as much as it is, you know, learning and also improving your base stats. So I don't know. I think overall it's, it's an improvement. I like it a lot. It's definitely a change, but it's, uh, it's fun. Nice. I'm glad that you ended up enjoying it more because I know when like it was first coming out on early access or the demo, whatever it was, uh-huh. um, that you were kind of like, I don't know. 
It's well, I'm I'm such a sucker for hubs too. So I I liked that aspect of it. I would have been totally fine with them leaning into it even more and making it almost like a like a hub building sort of thing, base building. Um, but yeah, they they totally went the opposite. You instead travel just like this little caravan and. I think that it works to some extent, but I also think that, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily, that's that's probably the weakest part of the game is whenever you're driving that thing around because, like, you can just run into shit and it doesn't even hurt you. <laughs> like, it, it, it really doesn't matter because um, so, you're supposed to steer it, but it's like steering it doesn't really do much of anything. So you can really just kind of hit W and just go forward. Uh, and, I mean, you, you have the branching paths because in the original game when you would enter one of the dungeons uh it would just kind of be a bunch of squares where you you start off in you know one square you walk the length of that of that room and then you know you pick which room you want to go into uh and it would it would show up on the map as like a bunch of little squares and sometimes you could see like what would be in a certain room and you just want to clear the dungeon get to the end and this one it kind of looks like um cult of the lamb which you know how when you look at it it's kind of more of like a tree like all of the levels that are ahead and you can kind of pick paths that way um so i mean it makes sense with driving this caravan and it looking more like this map um but or i guess not a map but like i don't know it's more straight as opposed to like this wider thing. So I, it, it makes sense, but it's definitely the, the iffiest feeling thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It seems a little funky, but yeah, it's okay though. Like I said, I, I like the hub. I kind of do miss that aspect of it. I miss feeling like I was managing my team. Um, also, I think that some people like whenever you, you start a new uh like run basically it's it's almost like like it's like i said they they implemented a lot more roguelike stuff but whenever you start a new run you have a new group of people and i know for some people that might seem a little bit weird and less personal because the kind of the cool thing with the last one is it's like you could have these favorite characters and if they died you know, it was it was very much like that fire emblem feeling of like, oh, fuck, like I lost my favorite character. And you don't really get that in this one because your characters are only around for a run anyway. I think that the relationship dynamic thing makes it to where you feel for them a little bit more and it makes it a little bit more interesting. And whenever you have like a really solid party, you're really excited to stick with them for a while. Um but yeah, it's it doesn't it doesn't have the same feel a hundred percent. I still like it. I still think it's really fun. Um, it's just different. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, change is hard, but also sometimes it's yeah. good. Question mark. Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> uh, I know that you you have a spooky game on your list, Ty. Do you want to tell I me about two, it? I have technically have two spooky games on my list because mm -hmm. I just low key changed my list. Um, but. I will tell you about the one that I assume that you were referencing, which is Dredge. Yes. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. So it is a, it's from Black Salt Games and it was published by Team 17 and it is an eldritch fishing simulator management game where basically like you are this fisherman who basically like washes up in this weird, creepy little town and the mayor is like, Hey man, you washed up. Your boat got all fucked up. That's a bummer. Anyway, here's a new boat. 
BTW, you're going to have to pay me back for it by fishing for the town and selling fish. Why? Oh, because, like, people don't like to go out on the water, but, like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Just, like, don't go out at night. It's fine. Mm. Just don't go out at night. Don't go out at night. And you're like, okay, cool, sick. (laughs) Nothing weird here. Uh Uh-huh. Extremely, uh, you're asking questions. My nothing is wrong here shirt is answering energy. (laughs) So, yeah, so you have to, like, you know, go out and you learn to fish and sell your little fish to the local fishmonger man to, um, you know, pay off your debt. And then as you kind of get out of that opening stage, you get more opportunities to like explore the area and um, kind of go farther away from the town. And it basically becomes this thing of like collecting these eldritch artifact dealy bobs for this weird guy on an island. Um, And you kind of as you're playing get like details about this weird fucked up fog that came in that like has made everything so weird um and then yeah at night uh scary fucked up monsters that are aquatic in nature will come eat you hmm also as you start exploring further out uh some of the places will just have big monsters that are are active all the time and so if you're not like aware of them and like there's usually npcs that will like kind of give you the scoop on what their mechanic is but like if you don't talk to them first and just like go in like yeah you'll they they will probably fuck you up and yeah it can be it can be pretty ooky spooky yeah it looks kind of like i kind of i i want to play it but I'm a little bit scared, but it looks really cool. Yeah, I definitely, like, had to, like, force myself to start playing at night because, like, certain side missions or, like, certain main area stuff, like, you have to catch things that are only out at night. And then, too, yeah, like, once you start getting, like, through the main, like, I guess, story points, like, each area kind of has its own big special monster, and, like, a lot of those are just active all the time. So... You just got to figure out how to, like, dodge them or, like, get them to leave you alone. hmm But, yeah, it's cool. It's creepy. And there's a lot of fun, funky little mechanics in terms of, like, the different monsters and stuff. So, yeah. I think it's neat. Yeah, I'll have to pick that one up. Like I said, it seems really cool. I'm just a chicken sometimes. But it seems worth just me you know, mustering up some courage. Yeah, or it. I mean, make Andrew play it and watch. It's it's a good time yeah. for sure. I think that's not that's my favorite pastime. So it's <laughs> <laughs> how I play all my Resident Evil games. Play in quotations. Yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, what's your final game, Jess? My final game is a departure from all of the doom and gloom. Um, I've been playing Coral Island, which is let me let me double check. It's it's Stairway Games uh, is the developer. It's their first game, um, and it's published by Humble. And it's in early access right now. It is a farming sim, which I know, you know, we're, we're getting to a point where it's like you hear farming sim and you're just like, oh, man, because <laughs> there are so many right now. But I feel like it's doing a lot of very cool things. Um, it feels like it kind of picked up the torch from from Stardew and just started running. Um, and I'm really liking it so far, even though it's an early access. It's, there's been a few few little glitches and bugs, but uh, it's it's been really cool. It has kind of a uh, almost like Disney-ish art style, but 
non-derogatory <laughs> <laughs> like it's it looks it's just very like kind of fun and, and cute um the the character creator is is pretty like I, I don't know it's not like super robust right but like for its genre i feel like it's pretty good pretty solid uh there are 25 characters that you can date as of right now that's so many it's so many um and i think that there's like 70 characters that you can kind of like talk to and hang out with um and yeah it's a pretty diverse cast too which is really really cool um i've been enjoying getting to know everybody on the island so far because that's that's kind of the whole thing instead of it being like going to a farm it's i mean you still have a farm but you're going to this really cute tropical island um and it's very I don't know. It's as, as opposed to like a lot of harvest moon games or, um, story of seasons or even Stardew Valley, they feel kind of, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the word. They don't necessarily feel modern. Right. And I feel like this Island, this, this place does feel kind of modern, which is interesting. Um, and you, I mean, you have characters too, who like have tattoos and piercings and, you know, it's it's just a little bit, I don't know, it feels a little bit more true to, like, real life <laughs> as opposed to almost being this kind of, like, idyllic but distant sort of mm -hmm. place. I mean, that makes sense. So I'm really liking it, though. Like I said, it's it's an early access, so anybody can play it. And that's on, is it early access everywhere or just on um, Steam? I think it's I think it's just on PC right now. I think it's just on Steam. I know for I got it on Steam. So that's that's where that's at. And you can get it for it's $25. Love that for us. My last game is also on Steam. Um and itch.io and it is called It Gets So Lonely Here. Um and it's uh from a single person developer called Ebihime and it is a free, completely free, Yandere slash like Yuri visual novel, which if you don't know what Yandere is, because you had to look it up like I did, it's like a genre that is about like obsession. And so that is very much uh, in play here as well. And it's basically like a little narrative horror game where you, that's like very much pulling from fairy tales and it's following this young girl or like i guess like probably like 18 19 ish year old girl who is like running through the woods from something and the game kind of starts with her reaching a three-way fork in the road and so then you kind of pick which route you want to take and you experience a story with a different like with your girl and another girl in each of these areas and um yeah all of them are scary uh you die in all of them that's like a spoiler but not really because it's like one of the features of the game is like on the steam page one of the features is like three unique ways to die so that's not really a spoiler but yeah it's like it's i liked it because i like the art a lot i also just like the stories are not necessarily like groundbreaking or anything right but like it has a good balance of being fantastical and like kind of over the top while at the same time like still understanding the real like fucked up emotions that are kind of in 
a lot of these relationships that it's depicting in terms of like people who are like insecure or or, like who only want to please like being pretty easy targets for like abuse and that kind of stuff so yeah i think it's a very cool game um it's really very creepy oh there's also content warning for cannibalism um just an fyi so yeah but it's it's good that sounds really cool. I literally downloaded it while you were talking about it because I was like, it's free and it sounds creepy and cool. Yeah, Let's it's go. very good. I played through like, all, it's like two or three hours depending on like how fast you read. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just like played it all in one setting. It's a very good IMO. Nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So that is a playlist. And now my dear Jess, let's talk about Paradorma site. Yeah, I'm so excited. I love this game. It's so good. Um, for those of you who... Goaty. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's actually, it's been like a really, not to be that person who's already talking about Game of the Year shit, but now I work at like a major publication, so I feel like that's... It's also like June, so we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is fucking weird. Uh, but no, it's definitely in like my top 10, if not my top five. It's, it's probably in my top five. Um, it's been a really good year for games, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a visual novel that was developed by what, Zine? I, I, maybe how you pronounce it? It's X-E-E-N. Yeah, I have no idea how to say that. <laughs> yeah, so Zine and uh, published by Square. Um, and it's set in the 1980s in Tokyo. And it is really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess this is like something I learned kind of after the fact, but like a lot of Japanese media has like the idea of like an area that has like a certain, usually an odd number of like local mysteries. Mm-hmm. And like my touch point for it was I was like, damn, this game is just like Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, <laughs> but apparently that's like, you know, a pretty common thing. And so the, the this one is based around the seven mysteries of Hanjo, which is like the neighborhood that you're in. Um, and yeah, it's very cool because you get to like follow multiple characters, but the first one that you follow is kind of like, I guess the quote unquote, like primary protagonist. And I already forgot his name because he's not very interesting. He's like the least interesting character of all the characters, Mm -hmm. but he's basically like hanging out with this girl that he works with that he's like kind of into and there she's like very into paranormal stuff and there's like kind of been this paranormal occult wave of popularity going through town and and, like especially because there's this recent article about these seven mysteries of hanjo so you and this girl are like looking for evidence and then um she ends up dying in a spooky Yeah, so she way. fucking dies, and it's creepy. Um, yeah, and so then this kind of puts our dude on this, like, weird path of being like, what the fuck is going on? And um, mm. as you go, it's very cool because you, like, jump to different character perspectives depending on what chapter you're on. And then, too, there are, like, different puzzles that very much do the, like, Pony Island or, like, Doki Doki thing of like playing with the actual systems of the game in terms of like the code like Mm -hmm. the like the game itself and like settings um to like solve certain puzzles and it's just very cool it's very creepy i really like the art Mm-hmm. I like most of the story right up until pretty much the end which is pretty much how I feel about most mystery stories like this 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's and it like it touches on some cool themes too. Because I mean, like the whole driving. So I mean, there's it says that there's seven mysteries, right? But I think there's actually like eight or nine or something. Is is kind of like one of the jokes that they make is there's actually more than that, but seven sounds. Yeah, cooler. it's something along. I think it's eight, but everybody says seven for some reason. Yeah, and then you get to and then yeah. a little bit of a spoiler, but you get to like the climax and they're like, damn, there were eight all along, and it's like they have been saying <laughs> that. I was like, did I get all? <laughs> like I I didn't love it. it. Does do the thing at the end too, where it's like you understand right tell me what happened and i was like oh fuck but um yeah. but they- <laughs> it, does, it does it a couple of times there was one time i just fucking bombed it and i was like i i'm a dumbass i'm sorry i like there's one at the like very end where like a character asks you to put stuff in order and i was like i don't know which one goes first I have no idea how I'm supposed to know which one goes first. And I kept like doing it. And she was like, you're fucking stupid. And I was like, I know. <laughs> That's kind of one of the cool things though, too, is it's like, so I'm looking, I actually just pulled it up. So there's five perspectives that you follow. Um, and sometimes you have to backtrack too, because it's like, you need to do something with a certain character that will ultimately like unlock a path or, or, you know, something for another character. So there's a lot of kind of, I don't know. It's, it's the Majora maskification mm-hmm. of visual novels where you have to figure out uh, like timing stuff and, and like what needs to happen before, you know, something else happens in yeah. order to Which proceed. thank God for guides because there were a couple of those where like, <laughs> I don't know if the game is bad or if I'm bad, but I was like, I would not have figured that out alone. Yeah, I had to look up guides for a couple things too because there were, there were a few things where I was just like, what the fuck? And like once I once I did it and looked it up, I was like, okay, I mean that makes sense, but it's definitely it'll it can it can stump you a little for sure. Yeah, it feels like some of them don't feel fair. Some of them, some of them, I'm like, oh, okay, I just like missed a detail that you're like you're asking me to remember. That's one thing. Another yeah. one was like, you have to go back to this very specific point in a very specific conversation. You remember that right from six hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like no i don't yeah. i would have no reason to even think to go there yeah yeah and i guess because i don't think we we said like what the gist is but like i said so you follow five different perspectives but there are seven or eight curses and like oh yeah the mysteries are curses that's the fun thing and if you find one you become like a weird wielder of a curse and you can kill somebody with yes. the curse by having them meet a specific condition that is only tied to your curse. Yeah. And that's like kind of the mystery of like, like, or not part, but like, I don't know, part of what makes the game tense is because you don't know what, because I mean, you start off with Shogo, who's like the main protagonist That's guy, and you find out what his curse is, um, and he can use his curse to kill people. And if you kill people, you fill up this like little idol that you have, and if you fill it up, you can use it to bring somebody back to life. And so that's the thing is, you have all these people who, for some reason or another, they're roped into this, or they're looking to bring somebody back to life. And so everybody, there are these these people who you're kind of competing with, who who want to kill each other so they can bring someone back, and you don't know what the conditions are for everybody's curse. So you know what you can do, um, but like there, I'm not going to like spoil any. So I'll just say like one thing could be if, I don't know, I can't like make up a curse on top of my head, but there's, there's just different like requirements that you might have to have. Like if somebody has a piece of paper on them, like 
I feel like she, I feel like she, yeah. It's like if you have like one for a character, just like completely out of context, is like one character can like light anyone on fire as long as they have something that could like start a fire on them. Yeah. Um. And so then a lot of it is like how creative can these people get with these parameters and like how wild are the parameters gonna be? Because, like, yeah, again, like, it, it, they're based on, like, weird old stories, so it's truly, like, who knows what anybody else can yeah. do. Yeah, and you will, you definitely will die. A lot. <laughs> and then once you die, it's just, yeah, you just kind of have to go back and, like, make sure that you do not fall into the trap that you fell into before. Um so yeah, it's it's really interesting though. It's it's very cool. Um, I feel like if you're someone who you know likes mystery, likes visual novels, if you like Death Note or Junji Ito or any any of those kind of vibes, you'll probably dig it. Some Jujutsu Kaisen energy as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it rules. It's my favorite game I played so far this year. Yeah. I just looked at it too because it's so funny when I texted you about because you you made the. You mentioned how it has kind of like that uh, the mechanics that go outside of the mm-hmm. game, like having to mess with like menu, like options mm-hmm. and stuff like that. One of the guys who worked on it was someone who worked on Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> which is so funny because ah uh, yeah, that would explain it. Fucking what is he called, Psycho Mantis yeah. or whatever? Yes, yeah. Oh, there's so many things in Metal Gear Solid where it's like you have to do something outside of the game to. To fucking progress. And it, it has that vibe to it. Actually, isn't the Psycho Mantis thing, like, very similar to the one... No. Okay, Psycho I'm Mantis is the one where um, it's it's a boss fight. Where you, like, delete your save. No, right, what you have to do something. is, if you want to beat him, you have to take your controller out of player one and put it in player two. Because he reads your moves. He knows what you're going to do. Uh, so he sits there and he talks to you, and the whole time he's, like, reading shit off of your memory card. <laughs> and this was PlayStation 1 era. Oh, so, like, this was, like, wild. <laughs> um yeah, that that's yeah. So he's telling you what games you played, and yeah, you have to literally get up and unplug your PlayStation One controller and move it to the PlayStation Two slot. And I mean, there's another thing too, where it's like you're told um, you're given a CD case that looks like like the games case or whatever that the, that you actually buy Metal Gear Solid in, and you have to flip your game case over and type in a number <laughs> that's on your case. <laughs> God, uh, to get to like the right radio frequency or something. There's lots of little things like that, and it makes sense that somebody who worked on Metal Gear Solid worked on this game because it has touches like that. Yeah, it has a couple. I would say smaller, yeah. but yeah, a couple of very that that idea, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's fun. The first one definitely got me the most. I yes. think. But. That one, that one definitely confused me for a little bit. I was like, "What the fuck am I missing?" Yeah, me too. I had to look that one up because I was like, "I'm pretty sure I I know what this is asking me to do," and then I just yeah, like when you're not, it's it's so cool when you bump into stuff like that and you're not expecting it, but at the same time when you're not expecting it, it definitely can uh, it requires you to do some different thinking. So for sure, um, but yeah, it's uh murder mysteries curses exploring finding secrets uh there's a very good duo of teen girls yeah. uh that i want to have their own spin-off um 
then yeah yeah those two also shout out to shout out to the the fucking martyr mom <laughs> love her yeah i will i'd like a lot of the the female characters in that game are really really cool honestly yeah game good game good with that i think we're gonna go ahead yeah. and call it jess where can people find you you can find me on twitter at a wild Chew. nice and you can find me on Twitter at Awothkeeper. Indie Mixtape is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit. And if you would like to further support us, you can, one, go to patreon.com slash Uppercut Crit and uh, pledge any amount that you see fit on there. Uh, we have some fun little bonuses. And then on top of that, we are also, by the time this is out, running our Kickstarter to fund a full year of Uppercut being a fully functional outlet. So if you like that, you think that's cool, you think that's sick, you want to have more consistent indie mixtape and writing and uh, The Return of Knockout, which is our other podcast, uh, yeah, you should think about supporting that because it's uh, pretty cool, pretty sick. And yeah, I think that's that's going to do it. For this episode of Mixtape. Thank you all for listening, and good night, or good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon to you. Goodbye. <laughs>